Well, I uh, I got the call from on Friday from Pastor Jamie, and um, he was he was like, mm, I'm not doing well. <laughs> and uh, if you guys know me, a lot of you know me pretty well. Uh, by the way, my for those who don't, because there are some visitors here, my name is Janice Buzzboom. I'm an associate pastor here at the church, and I uh, have been here since 1989. In, in this church, and it's my home, and it's the place I love to call home. But um, uh, I got the call, and if, if, you, if you know me already, you know that this is probably, I, I think, not my forte. Now, I'm not going to excuse anything, because it's a privilege to be able to stand up here and, and speak the Word of God. And I trust God to bring the message today, um, uh, but... Uh, it makes me a bit nervous. I, I'm not really a great public speaker, so be a little patient with me today. That's what I ask from you, and um, and we'll dive in. So I want to start out by telling you a story. So uh, several several years ago, quite a while ago, there was a couple, a family in the church, and uh, uh, he had been in uh, leadership. In a, in a group, in a, a Christian group, and he, they'd been living down in California. And uh, they moved back up here. Some of you know will know who I'm talking about. But they moved back up here, and, and um, he was working for the university here. And he told this story about how he recognized in his life that uh, he'd seen his daughter draw a picture. And um, it was, so there were four kids in the family, and there was mom, and there was, um, I, I forget which, which daughter actually drew it, but there were three girls, and then a son, and then daddy was this little picture in the corner, and this little tiny person, and he said that's when it woke him up. He, he, he realized this is not the way to lead my life, to devote uh, uh, everything in the name of God and, and doing what he thought was right. And there wasn't anything wrong in what he was doing, but it consumed him and it made him small in the eyes of his family. And um, so I just, that's a little bit of history. But so one year we were talking about like, maybe books that we could teach from. And I had come across this book that, that said, um, the title of it is uh, Disciples Are Made, Not Born. And um, he, was in the, he was in that conversation, and it triggered him. And I hadn't realized uh, what, uh, I thought the book was, you know, at the time, I thought it was a pretty good book and but it triggered him and he came to me later and he said he said I just I just don't think that's a very good book <laughs> and stuff and so we got to talking about that and and I thought I, I always remember that story because one is that we all have these lives that are all these different levels. There's things that we do. There's things that we love. We all have different families. We all have different, we're just connected differently. And sometimes we don't understand about, about things. And there's things that will trigger us. And, um, um, 
it, it got me thinking about this whole thing about disciples, which is what I'm going to speak on today. And if I were going to write a book today, I would not name it Disciples Are Made, Not Born. I would say, I would title it, Disciples Are Chosen, So Live Wisely. That's what I would title it. Disciples are chosen, so live wisely. Um, Henry Nouwen, in his book, uh, Life of the Beloved, stated this. We can desire to become the beloved only when we know that we are already the beloved. Therefore, the first step in the spiritual life is to acknowledge with our whole being that we have already been taken. I'm going to read that once more. We can desire to become the beloved only when we know that we are already the beloved. Therefore, the first step in the spiritual life is to acknowledge with our whole being that we have already been taken. I could have put it in the word chosen. When you are chosen, you know that you are chosen. You know that you've been seen as a special and unique person. Now, that doesn't mean that someone else is not seen or someone else is not unique. It's not about a competition between each other because the word tells us that God wants all people to come to a saving grace and come to a knowledge of him. He sees us as individuals, as um, complete persons in him. He sees us as unique in, in our own ways, and he's calling us to follow him. Um, Matthew 4, in the book of, of Matthew 4, and again in, in chapter 9, is, is the story where Jesus is uh, gathering his first disciples. And uh, he first talks to uh, Simon Peter and his brother Andrew, and he says, come follow me. And then he goes and he talks to uh, James and John, two brothers as well, and he says, come follow me. And then later in chapter 9 is when he calls Matthew, and he tells Matthew to leave what's behind him and come follow me. It's a pretty big calling. And, and we know the story uh, stories of Jesus are that these men, they dropped everything. They dropped their fishing nets. The first four were fishermen. They just dropped what they were doing. Uh, that's what scripture tells us there. And, and said, come follow me. Leave what you're doing. It's a, pretty, it's a pretty big, big deal to follow Jesus. So I want to talk a little bit about the definition of a disciple. So a disciple is someone who believes in the ideas and teachings of another. Um, that person makes a choice to follow those ideas and teaching. So in other words, I've made a choice to follow Jesus. Therefore, I'm saying I believe in Jesus, his ideas, and his teaching. If I say I follow Jesus, but I don't believe in his ideas and teachings, what does that make me? Probably makes me a hypocrite. Uh, the Christian church has been accused a lot of having hypocrites in the church, but we are responsible for our own walk, and I'm going to get into that a little bit. It's not someone else's responsibility 
to make me a disciple. It's not, um, it's, uh, uh, the, that word make disciples comes from Matthew chapter 28. And it says, go th- therefore into all the world and make disciples. And I, I don't know about you, but that word always kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way. Like, how can I force someone, because that's what the, that kind of picture it gave me, how can I force someone, twist their arm, and make them become a disciple? But the word in there in the Greek is really a word that means teach. Luther and all the world, and teach people what it means to be a disciple. Um, so it's not, it's not, it's God himself is responsible for calling we just have to be ready to encourage that. Um, so it's my responsible, my, my responsibility to be responsible for myself, and it's your responsibility to be responsible for yourself. If you choose Jesus in your life, what does that mean? If you say, I choose Jesus, I'm a Christian, you're saying, I follow the ideas and the teachings of Jesus. If you're saying that, then you're responsible to follow as a disciple. And, and that means, and there's a certain a responsibility in there. You have to know what the ideas of Jesus are, and you have to know what his teachings were. You have to follow what it says in the word of God that the Lord gave us to be able to follow that. So I wrote down some things that I thought were like part of what it meant to be a disciple. So the first and most important thing, and I could leave it at the first thing, um, because uh, discipleship, I think, is a complicated thing. And, and I, I look back to my friend, and I think discipleship, it, it became a, a bondage for him. And I think it was because of the definition that he put to discipleship and the group that he worked with. For them, it was all about working super long hours and being out in public and trying to uh, win people to the Lord or teach people so much so that you sacrificed everything else in your life. So I don't think that's what it means to be a disciple. But first and foremost, the first, first and most important thing is that you actually trust your life to God by confessing and repenting of your sin and trusting in grace and mercy, God's grace and mercy for forgiveness. It's, it's not complicated. Uh, most of you have heard it at some different level. Most of you believe that. Most of you have done that. I don't know everybody here, so I'm not. I, you can answer in your own mind whether you've done that. Have I come to Jesus? Have I said, Lord, I'm sorry because I'm a sinner. I am a sinner. And please forgive me. Help me to become all that you want me to be. Help me make you Lord in my life. So just briefly, if you've not heard this before, I'm going to give you a short version out of Romans. Uh, Romans 3.23, For all, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And Romans 10, 9, if you confess with your mouth Jesus is Lord 
and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. That's a short version of the essentials of the gospel right there. Um, and, and if you believe nothing else I, today, I hope that you can nod your head, or you don't need to nod your head to me, but in your heart you nod your head and say, yes, I agree with that. Becoming a child of God does not mean that you will have an easy life. We don't come to God that we can just like, okay, God, now, now I believe in those things. I believe that you got raised from the dead. Now, let's see. I want a big house and a new car, and I want my health to be perfect and, and all those things. In, in fact, most often, you're going to suffer. And, and the humanity of us is that we will suffer at some level. But God's promise is also there to us. Um, uh, the promise, well, let me, let me say one thing first. I'm trying to follow my notes here. And uh, it's much easier to do this, you know, at night in my office, kind of going through step by step. So I didn't want to skip over anything. Uh, Luke 14, 26 through 33, I'm not going to read that, but you can read that if you like. It talks about counting the cost of becoming a disciple, which basically says you must be willing to give up everything to become a disciple. And I think that's probably what happened to my friend. He thought, oh, I have to put everything on the back burner to do what I think is like becoming a disciple. The things that he did... And if, if you hear nothing else today, your relationship with God is not about what you do. It is not about what you do. It is about who you are, and who you are is beloved. You are the beloved. And, and I think as Christians, we can really get that mixed up. And we think, I got to do this, and I got to do this, and I got to do that. Yeah, those, those things are all great. Uh, we stood up here, we asked for people to serve because we have things that we desire to happen in this church building, in this body, but it isn't about whether you're serving or not. You need to go to God and ask God, do I need to serve? Do I need, what do you want from me, God? Not, not this, not a human, oh, I got to be doing all these things to become good in, in, in God's eyes. So if you hear nothing else, know that you are loved by God today. Regardless, irregardless of anything else, you are loved by God. But if you choose to follow God, there is a cost to becoming a disciple because you're saying, I will follow his ideas and his teaching. And if you read the word, you'll hear more about that. I'll get into that for a second in a, in a couple, uh, couple minutes. So what does it, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and lose his soul? There's a cost. But the promise, I was going to talk about the promise because that's better than the cost. I don't like to really think about the cost. I know that there's a cost, but I like the promises better. For now, there is no condemnation anymore for those who are in Christ Jesus you are not condemned. And that comes with freedom in your life. And uh, in Matthew 28, in the same passage, same paragraph where he talks about making disciples, 
he says at the very end, and behold, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth, end of the age, excuse me, end of the age. So that first step is really important. And um, uh, you may be sitting here or you may be listening on Facebook and that might be the step that God is calling you to. And um, uh, it's not my responsibility to make it happen, but it's your responsibility to consider it. Consider what it means to follow God. So once the first step, uh, first step of following Jesus is accomplished, everything else becomes lifelong steps. Uh, it's been compared to like a race, but it's an endurance race. It's not a quick race. In fact, you're never going to really get to the finish line until you die. And uh, But there's things that when you race that you do to be healthier, right? So people that run races, they work out, they eat well, they do certain things uh, to, to be better at what they do at running the race. And there never comes a day that we can't build on our relationship with God. You can't say ever, well, I've arrived. I know it all. I've done it all. I think I, you know, I'm just like, like this with God and we're like twins. Doesn't work that way. Doesn't happen that way. You, it just never, ever ends. Um, and sometimes, admittedly, uh, and I feel this fairly frequently, sometimes it feels like walking backwards, that it's not even moving forward. It's like walking backwards, and I'm like, what am I doing? Um, but here's a few things that we can do as we pursue God, and some of the things that I feel like allude to what it means to be a disciple. One is we need to know and understand who God is. We need to understand that he's omnipresent, omnipotent, omniscient. I'm not even going to define those words here this morning, but these are all things that some of you know and some of you may not know. And you can ask me afterwards. I'm glad to talk more about it. But we want to know God's character. We want to know what his will is. We want to know what he likes, what he dislikes. Who is he? Two, we want to know and understand our own identity in Christ, that we are loved, that we are forgiven, that we are righteous, that we are blessed, that we are chosen, that we are free, that we are justified, and we are sanctified. And a lot of that is, is what I would call Christianese, Christianese words. Again, I'm not going to try to define everything today, but, but the Word of God says all those things. And if we read, we will learn those things. Um, three, know and understand what community is. Okay, Community is what we do here. Community is being together. Community is being involved in each other's lives, knowing each other's names. It's about giving. It's about serving. It's about loving and forgiving each other, um, encouraging, participating. Um, the Bible is full. I did a, a well, one year when I was doing women's small groups, we did a, a whole season 
of verses in the Bible that are called, well, I call the one another's. Kathy, you might remember those, the one another's. And it's all those things that we're called to love one another, forgive one another, encourage one another, um, pray for one another. Um, there's, a, there's a whole list of them. But it's important to understand what that is. We are not islands. We are not. We can't walk this life as a disciple by being an island. We just can't do it. John 13, 34 through 35 says, Love one another. That's one of the one another's. I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples. And I like this. I, I decided to read this. I like this out of Ecclesiastes. Some of you may, may know this verse. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their work. If one falls down, his friend can help him up. But pity the man who falls down and has no one to help him up. So, so how do we learn and, and understand these things? A lot of it is right here. This is, this is my Bible. This is a pretty new Bible I got recently. It's really just starting to get broken in. But I have several Bibles at home that are falling apart a little bit. And this is where we learn about who God is and what, how he sees us and how we should be in community. Um, the Bible is full of history, poetry, proverbs, the Gospels, Paul's letters, all of it's important, okay? You can't read it all in one day. You're, you're very good if you read it all in one year. And, um, um, but it's part of that, that race that we're running, part of that lifelong step is, is being in the Word of God. And uh, they all talk about who God is and the relationships with his people. That's what the Bible essentially is. It talks about who God is and his relationships with, with people. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. This will set you free by reading it. That's out of John eight thirty one. So I, I, I put a little side note in here because I know that Jamie and Heidi are getting ready to do a sermon series called How Not to Read the Bible. So if you're interested in like, you know, oh, that could be kind of interesting. I don't know how to read the Bible. You might want to sit in on how not to read the Bible. Uh, that's, I think, coming up this fall. I don't know if it's immediately right away, but it's coming up very shortly. Um, groups are also, we had the, the fall, Casey mentioned the fall calendar. There's some groups that are starting up that help build community and help build um, that process of learning about God and learning about who we are in God. And um, uh, I know that Jan and I are going to be leading a rooted group, and then there's, there's small group studies. There's all sorts of things happening right now. Um, number four, so that was three, kind of went off there. Number four is about sharing what God has done in your life. 
Um, if we grow and God moves in our life and we stay quiet, God is not truly edified in that. He's edified as we share how God has healed us, how God has come to us, how God has spoken to us. We did that over the last six weeks in Summer in the Park. We had people share, how is it that God is saving your soul was, I think, the the actual question. But it really was, how is it that God comes to you? How does he make you live? How does he enrich your life? What are the things that are happening that, that God has shown you to take such great joy in? Um, so love others in the way that you've been loved. Encourage someone in their search for faith. Um, read 1 Corinthians chapter 13 to start. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, if you're not familiar, is the love chapter. And it talks about what love is. That gives you a good indication in how we should treat each other, how we should be patient and kind and gentle with each other, and, and so on. And then last but not least, one of my favorites, <laughs> is we need to live by the Holy Spirit. We live by the Spirit. And um, there's a whole doctrine on, you know, like baptism of the Holy Spirit. We are traditionally a Pentecostal church. We believe in the fullness of the Holy Spirit, how the Holy Spirit dwells in us and is active in us. And it helps us. He helps us as a counselor and as a guide and and that kind of thing. But um, what I really want to point to about living by the Spirit is I want to just mention Galatians 5, which are the fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against those things, there is no law. So those are just some thoughts that I had on discipleship. I think sometimes we just go through life, and it's easy to do, doing what we do, and we don't, sometimes it's a matter of going back to our roots, or not even knowing what those roots are. And right now, we're just going to have a a moment, like a minute of silence, and I just want to leave you with this question. And the question is, what is God speaking to you right now. What is God speaking to you? We'll give you a minute.
This concludes our service for today. And if Jamie were up here, he would say, they love you, and I love you too. Uh, stay for Italian sodas. If you have any questions for me, I'm going to stay up here. Or if you need prayer, I'm going to stay up here for a few minutes. Um, if you would like prayer for anything today. Okay? Otherwise, enjoy and fellowship for a little while.